Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Dan Woods, who's CEO of Socotra. Um, hey, Dan, how are you, sir? Doing all right. Sunny day here in Austin. Where are you coming from? Um, I'm actually from London today. We've just taken uh, oh. new offices, which for us is quite exciting. Probably not so sunny then. Yeah, no, it's actually been very not sunny in London today. It's been raining. Um, so uh, classic London weather, actually. Um, we've, we've very much overstayed our welcome with the good weather this summer. So I can't, I can't complain. We've been, it's been very good, but not quite Austin. Um, I, are, you a, are you one of the Austin sort of tech contingent that's moved to Austin and driven all the uh, prices up? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> um, um, in a way. I mean, this is, there are quite a few people, tech folks like myself who have moved here. Um, I'm not originally from California. I'm from Minnesota originally. So um, around the Midwest, uh, spent a little time in Nevada along the way, which is where I got the cool license plate behind me. Um, <laughs> that's real. Um, kind of funny how that works. But then um, found my way here. Um, love it here. It's um a little more Midwest, which is kind of where I came from, but also I'm in the insurance industry. That's where the, a lot of the insurers are. A lot of our customers are speckled across the Midwest, not um, concentrated in the coasts like uh, like banking tends to be. Yeah. Um, also, as you can imagine, I love the music scene. I've been talking all about my background here. A couple of guitars here behind me. They do get use. So yeah. um, it's, a, it's a great town. I love that. What what do the what do the gongs get used for? Do they do they, is that a, is the that gongs? a deal making gong? Well, <laughs> um, well, we we sell things here at Socotra, and um, we do have our biweekly all hands where we make all kinds of announcements, and that's what those that's what those are for. Um, the, the bigger one is for deals that are a million dollars or more. Um, the smaller ones for deals under a million. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. I've worked in many sales environments, but we've always only had one bell or one gong. I like, I like the two gong sizes. I love yeah. that. Um, What's going to be we... fun about it is as the company grows, then we can get more of them. So, um, <laughs> you know, we've gotten up to several million as we get creeping up towards 10, then we'll get a you know bigger gong. And yeah, um, yeah. I can imagine them going up by orders of magnitude from there. <laughs> well, look, we've dived straight into your background, which is. I love this. It's like a little yeah. map of your sort of history. It's kind of funny though, is I've noticed yeah. that uh, the, the gong override overwhelms Zoom. So when I had them in the office, when we were in a, in a physical office, we still have a physical office in, in, in San Francisco, uh, but we're, we're full remote now. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it'll ring the gong. Everyone hears it. They're, they're pretty loud. And, but Zoom registers it as being too loud and it turns off the noise. So in order for people to hear it, I have to like tap it very quietly and it feels a little <laughs> odd, but then they can hear it. That's, uh, that's, that's quite sad, really. It's, it kills that off. But um, yeah. I'm loving this. We, we've dived straight in, but I, I want to take us back to an intro because I, I would find it impossible for anyone listening to this podcast to not know um, who who Socotra is and what you guys have been doing. But just for those yeah. people out there that don't know, it'd be wonderful yeah. to introduce yourself and the business, please. Yeah, well, it's been an amazing couple of years. So I imagine that it's a pretty uh, high percentage of the listeners, certainly ones who'd click on us, are, are aware. Um, but so Socotra is, we are the startup that is taking a shot at fixing the insurance core. There are insure techs working on all areas of the insurance ecosystem. Of course, some of them are selling insurance themselves, a lot more data providers, they're providing a lot of technologies on the periphery um, around, of course, data providers, chatbots, AI, blockchain integrations, claims, different kinds of agent management apps and uh, analytics, all those sorts of things. But all this is still sitting on top of a core, which is which is policy administration. Where is where does the policy live? Where is that sub ledger? How is it represented? Um, what is the data model? What are the APIs? And this is the this is the big problem that has not been well. It's been talked about, but not been addressed. Everyone talks about it. No one does anything. There's a lot of legacy players out there, and it is a hard problem to address. There are reasons why the incumbents have never released APIs or still aren't off the shelf and are highly customized and so forth. 
And uh, my belief is someone needs to come in and do like a, like take like an AWS or Salesforce approach or, or Twilio or Stripe or any of these companies that are just modern cloud and so forth. And we can get to that some more. Um, and that's what the industry needs. And that, that's what we've built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm struck by how challenging something that is because, you know, you mentioned it there. You, there's lots of insurtechs, mm-hmm. particularly in the software space, selling add-on services or finessing one element of, of the kind of uh, insurance ecosystem. But to tackle the core, like the core, you know, fundamental mm-hmm. kind of operating system, as it were, of the, of the insurance. You know, insurance is an industry that thinks in decades and and you know hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not, not going to ask. I suppose. I suppose why uh, i'll be blunt yeah yeah i was gonna say why, why tackle that, that why did i do that? this yeah <laughs> um let's see well i kind of believe in garbage in garbage out um yeah. with data mm. and i think you can't really unlock the power of all those other things if they're sitting on top of a core that doesn't have a good data model mm-hmm. i'm also data model smart enterprise these things are these things. These things are my background. My background is not insurance. My background is data platforms. Um, I was at you know, check out LinkedIn. I was at Palantir super early there, and I saw the power of data platforms. And I also saw how often people spend time analyzing problems that are on the periphery and ignoring the core. And let me explain what I mean. As it, I'll use it insurance as the example. So um, you go to a typical conference. And you hear a whole lot about AI and blockchain and customer engagement, these sorts of things. That's fantastic. But there are a lot of business plans that sound good, you know, sketched on a cocktail napkin, which make all kinds of assumptions on available infrastructure that aren't there. Mm. It's kind of like there's nothing YouTube did that people couldn't envision in 1995 and was in some of the early internet themed movies. Um, and visions of then visions of the future. There's nothing, the idea that we could watch videos over a wire, not new. Why didn't it come out in 95? Well, the infrastructure wasn't ready yet. They hadn't laid the fiber. You didn't have the routers and all of that. But still, no one's making movies about routers and fiber and talking about that. That's not cool. They're talking about how I can, you know, order dog food online and message, have video messaging across the world and online gaming, all these sorts of things, VR, all these sorts of things are kind of cool. But no one's going to make a TED talk about laying fiber. And I think there's a similar thing here to unlock all the sorts of potential of insurance to be to be embedded, create better user experiences. Um, um, better automation, and of course, much, much faster agility and iteration of products uh, to accomplish all of that. There's just, there's data plumbing that just needs to happen. Mm. And people like to, you know, they start their insure text thinking this stuff exists. And their, 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 their idea starts with, I'm going to take this data here and use this model and this distribution channel and so forth. And then they just assume that policy admin will work its way out. Because after all, people have been doing this for a very long time. There must be a solution. Then they find out, my gosh, there isn't really a solution. <laughs> the incumbents are, are running on custom, a custom legacy garbage. And then they're stuck. And then they call us. Or sometimes they just throw up their arms and, and write their own, which is, what the, which is what the first wave of insure tech did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lemonade, hippo, bladder, root. They all wrote their own because there wasn't you know, anything yet. Sokocha was just getting started. Mm. Um, now, most of them are found themselves in a place of legacy. And I'm chatting with you know, several of them and they're trying to figure out what to do because their systems are old, have been have been extended beyond the original thinking. They've learned so much more about what needs to get done and they want to do new things. They want to launch new product lines and go move into new markets and uh, do these sorts of things. And and what they built is, isn't 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 made for it. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say which of those and other similar ones I've spoken to 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 out them, but um, they're 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 legacy now, and that's what that that's what they're contending with, and that's what we aim to prevent. I mean, mm. think about um, AWS coming out and making it so you don't have to buy servers anymore. Now, if you now startup just a few years earlier, they've got server racks, they've got legacy, they've got to figure that out. But a startup, you know, vintage, 
you know, 2011, 2012, they don't have the burden of a, of a data center. They don't, they don't have that. And that's mm -hmm. a tremendous advantage. And mm -hmm. we see ourselves in a similar enablement vein. Of course, that's for the MG InsureTechs. Then the same applies for the incumbents as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a thing that we touch on on the podcast all the time. And when we talk about technology stacks and insurers and because uh, obviously, you know, we run an executive search business, we, we look at the talent pool. And if you look at the talent pool of an, a carrier, their, their tech teams are quite often focused on keeping this beast alive, you know, like continuously kind of keeping this bespoke system alive. And then that's one of yeah. the challenges. And then when you're trying to look at innovation within the tech space, mm -hmm. with inside your organization, if you're looking internally, you've quite often got the wrong talent. So then you're saying, okay, we bring in a new team. What, what do they do? And, and, and this kind of, but work, working with this core and then plugging in all these kind of different, you know, might have a piece of mm -hmm. claims technology you want to work with has always yep. seemed problematic. Um, but it's quite interesting speaking to you because I've speak to so many kind of um, periphery services in the insure tech space where they're mm -hmm. kind of sometimes with some naive abandon, or, or exactly as you say, oh, we're going to plug this in and it's all going to work fine. And we go, well, no, because you're going to hit this big roadblock, which is the core system. Yep. Um, so it's yeah, more complicated it's... than that um, because there's, you also have so much misinformation out there from the core systems. I mean, you, you look at any of the marketing literature for any of the traditional cores and it looks like they do everything, but you look a little deeper and I mean, I challenge anyone to go to the websites of any of these companies and just find some actual documentation on what it actually does. <laughs> try to find some, try to find APIs or, or anything like really concrete. Um, it's not there because what do they do? They do whatever, they do whatever you need, because that's what consultants do. At the end of the day, they're, they're, they're consultants. They'll also challenge you, think of a piece of software that's not specific to insurance, where you can't go to the website and find all the documentation. Go to the website for, you know, you know uh, Google and find the documentation, Microsoft for any of their products or Oracle, um, or like, I don't know, Twilio, Twitter. <laughs> Heck, I, I found um, uh, for, for um, ITC, I'm going to have a montage of all the company, all the software companies you've heard of that have APIs running their website. And my team found some interesting ones like SpaceX. You can literally go to the SpaceX website and the API is right there for talking to a satellite. If you happen to have a SpaceX satellite, wow. that's how that's how far it's gone. But yeah. uh, the 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 industry has been gas lamped by the traditional legacy players. That um, you know, yes, we do have open APIs and some Jedi move, and it's um, right. Well, we're back yeah. after a little internet outage. I think I've I've been told I left off on a Jedi mind trick of um, <laughs> which uh, incumbent is a reference saying, very yes, we have APIs and you're, and you're like, I can look at the website. We don't, you know, <laughs> I don't see any. It's like, yes, we do. We do have APIs. <laughs> um, yeah. But then what we see when you're talking about in organizations, trying to get new things happening, um, you're right. There is a lot of momentum um, internally. We kind of refer to them as the, the, the antibodies of the um, insurer when you're dealing with the, these legacy insurers, because th these systems are enormously expensive. I mean, any insurance company that has enough clout that they you know, do a Super Bowl ad or something like that, they've spent many hundreds of millions on their, on their core systems. When you think about that budget, when you think about how many careers are built around those systems, these are many year long deployments and so forth, that uh, at some point, I mean, you think about kind of the organizational behavior that comes out of this. And when you're that invested in a system, then it doesn't matter what the new technology is. Your career is built around that system and, and, and protecting that system. Mm. Um, I've um, try not to go to too many details, but I've definitely encountered customers of ours who have legacy systems and they they literally were using Socotra in secret right because they were 
afraid of the power of people with these hundred multi hundred million dollar budgets I over multiple years so maybe a hundred million dollar budget yeah, yeah, yeah. and someone with that kind of power in an organization seeing something innovative happening on a different platform well what's the future then are you saying that's the future mm. what about my system and definitionally you know because we can get you know some lot for a few million bucks so the person we're working with has a smaller budget they've got an enormous budget who's the more powerful per person in the organization so there's some interesting things that happen and you really need uh, you really need executive sponsorship well you need one of two things either you're really brave person who is trying to build their career on being the next thing and kind of a David and Goliath thing versus the versus mm -hmm. the legacy. Sometimes you have that or you just need executive sponsorship that mm. will say, yes, I know that's the way we've been doing things. Mm. Yes, I know they're telling you that they'll have this done in two years or five years or whatever, but we need something right now. This works right now and we're going to run this experiment. Mm. Get on board or get off the train. Yeah. And more and more insurers are thinking that way because they're sick of it. They're mm. sick of multi-hundred million dollar projects um, that go way late, way over budget. And they're sick of hearing promises from pseudo software companies that are really custom solutions providers that, mm. oh, it's going to do everything you need next year. Mm. <laughs> I think that cultural piece is, is something that is pervasive on the whole industry because so much change just implicates a loss of a specific type of role or a certain type of power structure or a certain dynamic. And, you know, if you're, if you're told that, oh, if we make this change, it's going to be more efficient, but it means that half of your team doesn't need to be here or, and they need to be redeployed. It's, it's quite a disincentive to kind of make that change. It, it, and it, well, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, there's a lot of people, um, there's a lot of speculation that, oh, if you make deployments easier, then IT budgets will go down. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think that's going to happen. And it, because when the systems become more powerful, the dollars go further. If the dollars go further, you'd spend more dollars, not fewer. But you're investing those dollars, thinking about higher level problems, mm -hmm. investing in things that actually create more value to your customer, not just trying to, you know, retrofit some um, custom software for an upgrade that itself is three years out of date. I'm the amount of time that's spent on things that don't really help the customers in, 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 in maintenance um, is, is enormous. And when those dollars are going to actually help customers, I don't think the investment is going down. And I don't think the teams are getting smaller. What no, does that's... happen is it's a shuffling. It's like when a new programming language comes out. I mean, I deal with this. I'm a, I run a software company. I see, I see what happens. Some, some new tool comes out and you've got a little bit of a dilemma. Obviously, there, if, let's say it's a new programming language. You do, have the, you do have some a lot of things written in the old language and you want to make sure you're not hopping on every you know, new flavor of the month technology as someone read on Hacker News. But on the other hand, you do need to keep an eye on it. You, you need to stay modern or some other company is going to come along that's going to be more modern. But if you have, um, and speaking as a former engineer, if you've spent a lot of time building expertise in something, let's say you spent 15 years building expertise in something, then something else comes out. Well, now what good is my 15 years? I've lost my advantage over someone who's fresh out of university, maybe with a whole lot more energy and you know, whatever than, than I now do as an old man. Um, then that advantage goes out the window. So you're, you're incentivized to find ways to, in, to discourage the new thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not about losing budget. It's about losing advantage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I was reflecting not just on, not just on the tech side of the business, but we also see that in the kind of, you know, the more underwriting broking, you know, the, 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 the reticence well, kind of universal to change everywhere. Yeah, of course. I mean, whenever, whenever something comes along, I don't mean be, you know, this is not a, a story of pessimism. This is a story of optimism. There's a lot of mm -hmm. things happening. People are getting on board. It's happening. It's happening rapidly. And mm -hmm. I, I saw it with cloud. It was interesting. I mean, we were we've been we've been cloud from the from the very beginning. We've never owned a server. Um, but I remember 
until it was the end of 2017. So first three years or so for operation, every single incumbent we spoke with in the first two meetings, somewhere in the first two meetings would say, what's your plan to be on premises? What's your plan to be able to install on our servers? That's great. Your sunset even praised. You're in the cloud. That's great. That's forward thinking. We'd love to do that for a new innovative launch. But if this is going to go prime time, it's going to have to be on our servers. And for us to invest, we need to know that there's a path for that. So you know, we put it in our roadmap or you know, based some lip service to it. But I knew I knew it was going to change. Mm. And but I didn't realize how fast it was going to change. It was the end of 2017. The calendar flipped over, and it went from every single incumbent we speak to say, mentioning it asking the question sometimes apologetically but asking the question in the first two meetings to darn near zero i think i could count on two hands how many times i've even been asked the question since december 1st of 2018 and i don't know why that happened but it happened quickly and i think the reason it happened is because i think the reason is that um, the risk profile shifted. This is an industry that's always going to take the low risk path. Mm -hmm. They're not going to try new technology for fun. And there was a point of shifting when cloud went from being the new technology with all of its advantages, but risk of being new to being the lower risk to the people, the notion becoming real for insurers that actually owning a server in my basement, that is the risk. Yeah. My basement could flood. Mm -hmm. The person who understands how the hardware is configured could, could, could quit. Um, all the things that could go, that could go wrong. And the cloud became accepted as not just the advanced option, but also the safer option. And then it shifted, it shifted overnight. I mean, the, didn't shift to cloud overnight, but the mentality, the mentality shifted overnight. Now actually shifting to cloud is going to take the next couple of decades or more. They're still working their way off mainframes for probably half of the major insurers. Hmm. Mm. I want to, I want to come back to cloud because I'm, I'm really conscious that we're, uh, okay. I, I, only because I'm, I'm sort of, I, I wanted to take you back to, to the formation of it because it's, okay. it's inherently obvious to me what you're talking about and, and replacing the core systems. I mean, I, I used to work at a carrier, so I kind of, I firsthand know some of the challenges of that. Yeah. But you, you came from outside the industry. Mm -hmm. What was the formation thesis for, for coaching? Was it, how did you become aware? Where was the level of awareness to, to say that this was such a big problem? What was your insight into that and the kind of problem you're trying to solve there? Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, personal story after, after, after leaving Palantir, I mean, I joined, I was the 20th employee of Palantir when I left to like 850, I think, wow. you know, now it's thousands and a quasi successful IPO and up and down. They're still above the IPO price though. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> um, from there, thinking about data platforms, I was working in venture capital for a short time, which gave me exposure to all sorts of industry and things are going on. And you take a look around and not only is it easy to find industries that are in need of a new data platform, it was actually hard to find an industry that isn't in need of one. It's mm -hmm. like you look around and everyone you talk to, which is what you do in ventures, you're talking to people, someone's selling you about, you know, this new shipping logistics, you know, company, IT company, and a new um, supply chain management company or whatever. And you're just like, my gosh, that's how shipping logistics works. Are you kidding me? There's still truckers with paper stapled together. That's how supply yeah. chain management works. That's how companies are maintaining their patent portfolios. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's how, I mean, that's how restaurant management works. Yeah. That's how it just, it didn't even matter what the thing was. You just point on the area of the economy and dig in and you'll be shocked at how they manage their data. Mm. So um, I became really enamored with this idea of vertical cloud or vertical SaaS. Let me call it vertical SaaS because you've got horizontal SaaS in a massive wave. Of course, um, Salesforce led the charge there. And you know, Stripe and Twilio are ones I love to mention, of course, Square, and then a whole bunch of things to help, you know, things like New Relic, 
uh, Docker, things like that. Uh, Docker isn't really SaaS, but you know, New Relic certainly. Um, that are Logly is another one that uh, we, we've used in the past. Um, they're more developer tools. But the point is, these are horizontal technologies. They serve all industries. Mm -hmm. So that it's less limiting. But what comes after that, because that doesn't help if you've got a bad platform for shipping logistics or something like that. But what comes after that is vertical SaaS. We're going to make a platform just for that. And I saw these start to emerge. And I believe and have believed the whole the whole economy is going to every industry is going to be turned upside down by data there's going to be new winners and losers and everyone knows that they claim they know that but what but but to really have it just sink down deep what does it mean because it's not something it's something that you can describe on as i alluded to earlier on the back of a cocktail napkin of like oh i've got this business idea i'm going to take this from here and this from here and so forth that's great but every single industry needs data plumbing to actually execute it mm -hmm. now um, actually getting into an industry very very difficult so what i found is paradoxically every industry needed a new data platform but every single one of them was very, very difficult to change. So I had a specific opportunity. I found a private equity firm in San Francisco that was buying up insurance companies. And they made the mistake I alluded to earlier. They just assumed like, we're gonna buy these companies and we're gonna fix the tech. Yeah. They raised a bunch of money, they built an insurance consulting firm. We're gonna fix the tech. We're gonna find the best practices and you know, so forth. And they started buying companies. They built their insurance consulting firm, raised their money and uh-oh, there is no tech. It's like, what do you mean there's no tech? <laughs> it's like, seriously, like you look around online uh, for policy admin, it looks like there's tons of solutions that you could choose from. But then when they actually go to talk to one, it's like, oh, let's talk to this one. Look at their website. It does everything. And they talk to them and, you know, it takes four meetings to actually get a demo and you can't get any documentation. And it becomes clear that they're, they're not actually selling a product. They went down the list and they're like, my gosh, I don't think there's a single product in the market. This is ridiculous. Um, and then they found themselves up in some kind of creek. And, um, and I had a conversation with them around that time. And the, the pieces were aligned because I'm trying to figure out like, where's an industry that needs a new transformative data platform? And they owned insurance companies where I could, I could get an initial customer. They own an insurance consulting firm where I could get access to expertise. So I could concentrate on hiring engineers and product people and have access to real actuaries and underwriters um, um, over there, which is helpful in a bunch of ways. For one thing, there's many of them. If I just had my you know, insurance co-founder, that person would have one perspective. And, and it was kind of like having a whole you know, consulting firm as my, as, as my um, expertise partner. Um, so that's how I found my way my way into it, and it just became really really clear. And then as I got deeper into it, it got it got it it just became more and more clear what needed to happen and how unable the incumbents are and will continue to be to 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 modernize, because if one of the incumbents was going to modernize, they need to start like seven or eight years ago, mm -hmm. and we're talking rewrite and they made a decision. They, they didn't, they didn't do that. Instead, they tried to, well, frankly, they tried to cheat. They tried to take their existing stuff and try to shoehorn it in to save time. And that mm -hmm. will not work. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't work, they just try to push harder and shoehorn harder and market harder and say, they have things that they don't like, you know, like marketplaces, like an app marketplace. Like it works like your iPhone. You can just install an app, not even close. Which, yeah. by the way, is what we're going to be releasing next week at ITC. Please um, come to the um, uh, Modern Core Tech Forum um, if this is hopefully up by ITC. If it's not, um, video should be available. Yeah, I, th I, th I think we'll be out the week of. Yeah, we'll be out the week of. So if we if we get it, out, we'll be okay. out the week of. So people September twentieth. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. the day. If you miss yeah. that, come to the booth. We'll be demoing all of it. You'll be able to go, go to our booth and see a fresh Socotra instance, just like anyone would get who gets an eval license. And you'll be able to see how easy it is to grab a product out of the Socotra product library and then install one of five or 10 apps to, um, 
to actually just like installing an, an, an app on a smartphone or an app on your extension to your browser mm -hmm. and see them connect instantly. I, I love that though, because I, I always, look, I oversimplify stuff. I'm a simple man. Um, I understand insurance. I'm not a tech guy. I, I operate in that kind of gray space in InsurTech. The, the, the whole challenge of you can't operate in a vacuum. If you run an insurance company uh, or you work for an insurance company, you are aware of different technologies that you could use in your personal life. And mm -hmm. that bleeds into yeah. your expectations of technology. Oh, I wish it did. No, it doesn't. Which I it, wish it did. My gosh, the things that insurers will put up with from their vendors. Yeah. Like they're like just just the way systems the pain of upgrades systems going down for upgrades mm. and just just that like your your five-year-old kid knows that that's not how it's supposed to work you hand them the tablet and it says upgrading and just have a spinning wheel for you know a few hours and they'll be like you know dad what's what's what, what you know what's, they know something's wrong <laughs> when, <laughs> when that happens they know that it's they know how software software is supposed to just work it's supposed to be like a utility that's how that's what cloud does it's continually upgrading it it's continually adding um resources if it needs if there's if there's more load um it automatically has a failover if, if a data center goes down for some you know whatever localized reason these are the things that happen so software so the software just keeps running and just keeps updated mm. and kids know this because that's all they've ever known Mm. The industry tolerates things that we haven't tolerated in our personal lives since like 1993. <laughs> what was your so you you launched Socotra in 2014, and and I know you mentioned earlier that mm -hmm. 2017 was a bit of a sort of tipping point um, as such, particularly on the kind of cloud journey. Mm -hmm. But what was it like in those early days? Because yeah, like I say you, you you're tackling that core challenge. Um, did you did you ever think, oh, we've gone too early, that we're wrong? What was that like? Yeah, well, let me think on that. Um, so first off, we had one guaranteed customer they alluded to that you know, sure. paid us yeah. almost nothing. It was kind of an experiment, but because they were owned by a firm that was also invested in us, um, you know, they had they, they had to use us. Um, <laughs> And yeah, when um, when it really wasn't you know viable yet for the open market, but we were three years old when we had our first real customer. Mm. I mean, that's a long time of going. Okay, people are going to want this someday. People are going to want this. Yeah. Um, and there was certainly until we got our first customers. We got three in a close cluster in in in, in summer of twenty seventeen. Um, until then, um, yeah, there was, there was, I mean, you, you, you knew you're on the right track. You knew time was on your side, mm. but if, obviously there's a question then of, um, getting the first customer is insanely hard. I feel like I can do anything now that I've got, now that I got those first customers because selling policy, it's not like selling, if you're selling in some analytics toolkit or something like that, then it's easy to find a first customer. It's like, hey, you've got your data. You know what? Let me get, like let me let use this for free. And you'll slap it onto your data set, and you'll see some useful things. If you like it, use it. If you're not, fine, whatever. But when you're dealing with with your core system, where the policy is going to be stored, oh, people aren't going to use it for free. They won't do it. They won't use it if you pay them to use it if they don't trust it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you go down, they can't do a darn thing. You mm -hmm. lose your data, so help you. So. That's um, it, 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 it was extremely hard, but it, it was only possible because of uh, well, first off, insurance is a is is a very large industry, and there's a lot of a lot of players to 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 choose from. Um, it was really only possible because the industry had fallen so far beyond where technology obviously was. That's the only thing that opened the window for new policy administration is just the massive gap between what people are seeing in their systems and what people see when they just, you know, use Zoom, when they use Salesforce, when they, even Salesforce is getting dated now, you mm -hmm. know, when they use Facebook, I mean, take your pick. 
They understand what cloud is. They understand the stuff connecting to other stuff. They understand what uh, it, they, they understand what an actual um, um, you know app marketplace looks like. They they they, they get it in, in in their private lives, and um, it's those those expectations, reasonable expectations, starting to invade that I think created the opening. Mm. We, so we've mentioned a lot about being cloud native um along the, you know what is true cloud and and, and I, I i'm interested yeah. about oh this kind of, yeah I, i'm interested i wish in, i wish more people would ask that question yeah, yeah i was gonna say it, i was like i'm worried this is a stupid question but i don't think the cloud is not <laughs> cloud is not installing legacy crap on a rented server yeah. <laughs> whatever you may hear out there, well, they're not going to say that's what it is, but when you're dealing with incumbents that, let's face it, that's what they're doing. They're taking the legacy stuff and they're renting a server, you know, through AWS or something, and they're installing it there. I like to say that's kind of like renting, um, that's kind of like, like buying a power generator, putting it across the street and running an extension cord and calling it a grid. It's like, no, grid doesn't just mean the generator's next door. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, availability, redundancy and elasticity and all sorts of things. So mm. um, cloud, I, I boil it down like this. It's an approximation. Cloud is when the vendor doesn't have to even schedule the upgrades with you. Gmail's never scheduled an upgrade with me. You know, every now and then I have to refresh the browser and, I, you know, what was that? Well, that was an upgrade, but you didn't have to. Most people don't even realize that's what happened. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Um, that's now we're talking cloud and that unlocks, that's part of a larger puzzle. That's going to massively unlock innovation in this industry because here the massive innovation comes through app marketplaces. I mean, that's, that's what the, that's what the smartphone revolution is about, but Salesforce has learned this. I mean, your, your browser extensions, um, Google has plugins, um, heck, Roku, <laughs> it's an app marketplace. Mm. And there is no engine more powerful than that for creating massive innovation for complex problems and unique use cases. There's probably no one on earth that has my exact combination of apps in my phone, let alone the way it's configured. Yeah, and I did it without any coding, without a you know technical knowledge and so forth. I did it by selection, configuration, and and and, and so forth. There's an enormous power there. So people are calling it microservices, microservice architectures, and, and and so forth. And what microservices really means is that best of breed now works. Best of breed has a bad rap. People hear best of breed and they imagine vendors pointing fingers at each other when things don't work. They imagine um upgrade log jams of of you know interdependent you know customizations and dependencies all sorts of things like that so i like to say you know best of breed has worked for me since 1988 when i installed word perfect on ms dos i mean this is this is best of breed <laughs> you look at these things yeah, this yeah, is yeah. This, this that's exactly what this is yeah and this is but in order for it to work you need three things you need best of breed ready components, microservice ready components. And they need three things. True cloud is one of the three. It needs to be true cloud off the shelf, open APIs. You need those three things. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be at all technical to know if you've got them. For cloud, does the vendor have to schedule the upgrades with you? Covered that. Um, off the shelf is when you can get access to an eval license, like quick, like, you know, here you go, here's your eval license. You know, certainly in under 24 hours that the company's responsive. And it's not just like, here's an example, configure thing. No, it's, 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 it's a full version. It's just, you know, data limited or limited to 30 days or something like that. And third, when you get that eval license, all the documentation should be right on the website. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come with additional documentation. And that's more than a convenience for the engineer. That's the company going on the record publicly and saying, this is who we are and this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling you a different story than I'm telling someone else. I'm giving the same APIs to everyone, which means if I'm going to do something that breaks it, I've got the whole world mad at me. 
I can't get into, because this is what legacy does, is they'll make a custom API call just for you, for your need, and then do another one over here. Now they want to add a feature. Oh, that's going to break three of our customers. Well, now I've got a business decision to make. I got five customers who want the new feature, and it's going to take three of my old customers and trap them in their current version. What do I do? You know, um, LinkedIn doesn't deal with that problem that you just use LinkedIn and they mm -hmm. have to serve all of their customers and a feature one for one is a feature for all. Anyway, you have those three things and it just, and then, it, then all you need is the marketplace and the, and innovation is, is at, in a completely new gear. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm excited about. That's what I've been building up, up towards for the last, you know, eight years of, of, of building Socotra, building those fundamentals in so that for the marketplace release next week. Was the marketplace always always part of the plan then? Was that that was how, how long back does that go in the in in the sort of plan for? To be frank, it was it was always a dream. Um, but I concentrated on fundamentals, mm -hmm. and it really wasn't until about a year and a half ago, and we had a very enterprising engineer who just started tinkering and was like, you know, I think I could build, I think I could build a prototype of this in like six months. You know, he made some progress a couple months and, uh, and to be totally frank, I didn't believe him, but I said, you're on. And he came up with a beta in time for ITC last year. And um, we had two beta apps. And then um, we, um, by the end of ITC, we had over 50, prospective partners reach out saying that they want to be part of Sikocha marketplace. It was overwhelming. Amazing. So I said, all right, you're on. We built out the team. You've got one year. We're going to have a marketplace in one year. And they completely, you know, disassembled the, 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 the beta prototype code, rebuilt it, put the documentation out there so the other parties could build the apps and so forth. And uh, just yesterday we announced 30 app builders. There are various stages of progress, mm. um, but they're 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 all off and running, the, building their apps, and we'll have I think ten ready for a demo at ITC, and I think half of those are production ready. Wow! So that's um, it was. Well, I'll tell you, you get the fundamentals right, and the innovation comes faster than you'd think. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's compound. It's a vicious cycle, or it's a virtuous cycle. Mm. You're gonna you're gonna have a busy um. You can have a busy stand at ITC, I would imagine, with uh, indeed, <laughs> yes. And we've got, uh, we already have way more people signed up for the um, the Sokocha's Modern Cortex Forum on the twentieth than attended last year. Yesterday we had over a hundred. Um, I think we're closing in on two hundred RSVPs uh, already. I mean, we'll see what the, you know, how the how the flake factor works. It is a conference, but yeah. um, it was standing room only last year so hopefully they'll get us a bigger room and that's where we're going to first demo it for real um announce it we've got some great panels um including like um ceo of hippo ceo of root chief digital officer of amish of omaha the former president of new york life um i know there's a whole bunch of others it's gonna be it's gonna be great and then join us for the launch party afterwards um you know, about us events. I think it is RSVP for any of these, for anyone yeah. coming to ITC and meet me, Amazing. meet you both. Well, we, we always like a party. We're bringing the whole, we're bringing the whole team down. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have to, right. definitely going to be there, but um, yeah. I, visit I'm, the booth, I'm... booth number 2833. <laughs> but we'll be, we'll be, you go to the main area, you'll see us. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's big. You'll see us. It'll be the one with all the people visiting. I was going to say you've got lots of touch points throughout the throughout the festival. Yeah. Uh, a festival. It's going to be busy. We had we had fifty we had fifty reach out to us last year um, on a beta. Yeah, fifty uh, partners. So um, Dan, more importantly, are you going to bring the exciting. gong? Are you bringing the gong what? with you? Are you going to bring the gong? Gongs? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I'm headed straight to DIA Munich from there, so um, I'm going to have to have room my suitcase for my later hosen. <laughs> nice i like it um i'm really conscious of time so i just wanted to you know the marketplace is enough of a sort of piece to bite off but you're clearly someone that's constantly looking for innovation down the future so i just wanted to sort of jump in with like what is your vision for Socotra in five years down the line what does that look like yeah well we want to be the operating system 
we are are amazed and humbled by all the other innovative insure techs that are connecting to what we've built and using data models to make their software great mm -hmm. so that their analytics can show great data so claims data their, their their claims processor i mean can connect in and readily integrate to um to quickly stand up to um, their solutions because i mean if you if you're saying like we're partnering with uh, snapsheet and five sigma they can stand up solutions very quickly but if they're connecting to some legacy old, you know, boat anchor of a platform, then their advantage just, you know, deflates when they're waiting for these internal teams to do customizations to whatever it's going to take. Mm. I love making these other technologies great. And there's a multiplying factor uh, on it because when something that's fast and innovative connects to something else that's fast and innovative, um, the, or you could say you're only as fast as your slowest piece, you could say, because sure. you're not live until everything works. Sure. And as long as everything's connecting through a core, speeding up that core speeds up everything. Mm. And if it's slow, everything is slow. So, um, I anticipate more of that. I anticipate, obviously there's more features and so forth, but, um, making it even making it even easier to use even more apps available um even more community around it um and 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 making 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 the um making the making the enterprise look like this yeah yeah that's right that's where i see it that's where i see it going and yeah. um and in case there's that you know for any engineers watching who are like well actually such and such will make that impossible to ever have yes i know there will be customizations in um for custom cu customer experiences you want to control every pixel of that great make that an app that's a custom app but that custom app doesn't bleed over into a custom um an overall custom architecture mm. If you want to have an internal system that's proprietary and you need to connect to that, great. You can make an app for that. But you're a very different world from um, where you're 80% off the, off the shelf and 20% well-contained custom code building on top of frameworks. So the, an, app is more than, an app is more than just building the integration. There's so much support needed for an integration. Um, you have to write the integration code, but you also have to handle provisioning hardware um, logging, monitoring, co managing configuration, managing upgrades, secure, securely storing credentials, all of that stuff. Marketplace provides all of that. Mm -hmm. So you can just write the minimum part that you need to. And what I envision is the, the work, the engineering hours needed to build a system of the same quality coming down by an order of magnitude. And then the those resources being reinvested to create really great things for an customer yeah and and that's what i'm excited about and um it's that it's kind of you know giving people because it comes back to talent for me always people want to do interesting work they don't yeah. want to maintain legacy systems and prop things yeah. up and, yeah and they don't and that's why we're able to get talent yeah because i mean you think about like yeah i mean there's when you when when you when you take a coach's approach, it becomes a really interesting engineering problem. It's less interesting to build a custom report for the regulatory requirements of Oklahoma, but building a general purpose reporting engine. Well, that's a more interesting engineering problem. Mm. And that's why um, companies that solve these problems in generalized abstracted ways are able to, to, to get top talent. And that's why we're, we're able to bring people in from Microsoft, Oracle, of course, you know, Palantir, where I came from, uh, 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 Google, VMware, to work on the insurance industry. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. They're, and they're able to see why, how they're able to take the expertise that they have. And I, so much of what we're doing is just knowledge arbitrage. These problems have been solved in other places. Someone just needed to have the patience to find the talent and um and build build it from the and build it from the ground up mm. there's nothing it's, here that hasn't already been done in, all over silicon valley yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's very true that's, a, that's know, cloud, a 
Why are we even talking about what does cloud mean? I mean, seriously, <laughs> why, why, why is this a question in an insurance interview? Could you imagine like if we're in some other, if we're in the, you know, ad industry and I'm working at Google ads and you're like, tell me what cloud is. I'd be like, is this 08? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> but that's, but that's the thing. That's why I'm asking it because I'm like, I know that what's being sold as cloud isn't cloud. And speaking to some of the yeah. some of the legacy, legacy providers that saying, yeah, yeah we're, really, we're really struggling to get to the cloud. And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? It's 2022. Like, what, what yeah. are you talking about? So and now there and now and now the other one um, is, is no code. And I've I've <laughs> told my marketing team, I don't want to see no code anywhere, anywhere on our website. Um, yeah. It'll probably Ben is probably there somewhere. But like, when I like my when I install apps on my phone, the phone doesn't say it's low code. I don't see a you know iPhone commercial <laughs> saying no code. Yeah. Roku doesn't say no code. The yeah. Tesla doesn't say no code interface and no code setup. No, it's just the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the industry like has to give it a name because it's just <laughs> anywhere else, it's just like just doing the thing, just using software. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Just doing the thing. But um, Dan, we gotta we've, we've got to call it time. Otherwise, we'll we'll lose everyone. Okay. And and I and I'm I'm so excited to get a chance to see you at ITC. Obviously, um, everyone's we, we've plugged it hard. Go and see the app marketplace yeah. launch. It's going to be exciting. Go and see the talks that Dan's doing because you can hear he's obviously you're going to be great. I, I, I imagine kind of the energy is, is, is something else. Um, so I, Dan, I really thank you for your time. I know you're super busy. So well, thank really you. Appreciate you being a guest. Indeed. See you there, Alex. Thanks, man. Take care. All the best.